there's red, so that means we have some martyrs today. Cornelius and Cyprian. Um, St. Cyprian is somebody probably most familiar to those who are um, in the African-American community. Um, He was an early bishop of Carthage in North Africa. He was one of the great fathers of the church, and we're really starting to study his writings a lot more now. We'll probably hear a lot more about St. Cyprian in the, uh, the decades to come. Cornelius was a pope. Uh, in I think elected in 251, did not want to be pope, but got elected anyway as a dark horse candidate, um, and they were both martyred. But the thing that links the two of them together is a controversy going on at the time. There were persecutions of the Christians from time to time, and a lot of Christians were being forced to make um, a worship to the emperor. Um, this was something the law Christians were being forced to do to sort of recant, recant their faith. And a lot of Christians did it. I mean, you know, death or, you know, give in. And a lot of them did. And there was a big debate about what can you do with these people? Are they still Christians? Can they come back to the church? And Cyprian and Cornelius both said, yes, these people just need to be contrite to make penance, and they can be brought back into the church. There, was, there were other Christians who were much more hardliners who said, no, you must be rebaptized." And so we honor Cornelius and Cyprian today because of this idea of God's calling us in baptism. That is, God doesn't mess up. When he baptizes us, it takes. And the idea of the power of contrition and penance. Our first reading today is from the first letter to Timothy, which is one of the pastoral letters of, um, of are attributed to St. Paul, probably not written by St. Paul. And um, the two Timothys and the Titus letter are all about order in the church. And we're going to hear this passage today, and it might make you feel a little uncomfortable. It talks about praying for the peace of the king and living a quiet life, sort of not bucking the system. And so we're going to sort of look at that and where's the wisdom in that idea and how does that relate to Cornelius and Cyprian? Well, I love this gospel passage, but you know I've committed to try to preach on the first reading whenever possible. But you can just go to my my podcast, Rich Thoughts on iTunes, and um, you'll find that I preached on this concept on Christmas Day. So just check out my Christmas homily if you'd like to hear more about that. Back to Timothy. Prayers for kings and all in authority? Aren't we called to confront the system, to agitate for social justice and human rights? Lead a quiet and tranquil life? That sounds like roll over and play dead. That's not what we usually think about, about being a Christian disciple. But usually, Christians have chosen to work within a system. To have influence by building relationships with people who are different from us rather than to withdraw ourselves from the system and isolate ourselves. And the very word Catholic itself means universal. That word Catholic calls us to dialogue with all kinds of people. 
I had the privilege as a novice with the Paulist fathers to have a week-long class with one of the Paulists named Michael Hunt, who had for 20 years taught a class to our novices. I ended up being in the very last class that he taught this to. But he basically took a week to go through the 20 centuries of Christian history and to understand it as a series of 20 choices that the church faced about either choosing to embrace both sides of a conflict or to choose one side. We classically call the both and, Catholic both and versus the either or. And in our history, usually the church has succeeded and we look back and we think that the church has done the right thing when it has chosen to embrace both and rather than either or. Two examples of both and would be having a church that involved both Jews and Greeks in the first century. Or to continue to hash out for 500 years the differences between the people who believed that Jesus Christ was man and Jesus Christ was God. That we eventually found a way to embrace both. But until we did, we didn't kick anybody out. (laughs) Two examples of either or that the church has suffered would be the Great Schism of 1054, when the church split between the East and the West over arguments regarding leadership. The other one, of course, would be the Reformation, where the Western church split and has split and split and split again over the last 500 years. But another example of both and would be Cyprian and Cornelius, who said that those who denied the faith, if they truly tried to live as Christians and come back and repent, were still Christians. We are not called as Christians to be wishy-washy, of course, but the story of Christianity urges us to stay in dialogue with people who disagree with us whenever possible. Isolation and division is easier, but it's usually working against the will of God. May we have the energy, the courage, and the discipline to hold opposing views in tension whenever possible.